everyone, welcome to Indie Music Marketing, a conversation on marketing for independent musicians. I'm Rich Hearn, a music marketer and artist manager. Join me as I talk to a different guest every week about what's working and what isn't in the world of music marketing for independent artists in 2020. This week's guest is Rob Hurst from Fans for Bands, a PR, playlist pitching and social media company, and These Bloody Thieves, an independent record label based in Sheffield. I came across Fans for Bands when looking for playlisting support for a band I'm working with. Rob came recommended by a friend of the artist, but we first got talking when Rob reached out to another artist I'm working with after recognising him as the bass player from one of his old favourite bands. Rob also does some marketing work for Frank Wilkes from the artist development platform Kicker, who was interviewed on episode two. And so I hope you enjoy this episode and I'm really pleased to welcome Rob Hurst. So first, Rob, thanks so much for, for being here. Thanks for, for agreeing to talk to me. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting into, the, into this. Um, as, as you know, I've sort of been aware of, of you, you, your business and your label for a while. And uh, yeah, we've just sort of talked a little bit before we started the podcast about some of that stuff. And I'll share all links to everywhere that people can find you and find out more information. Um, but just just to get into it then the first question that I, I sort of want to ask everyone is about this idea of an artist's narrative and story and I find a lot of people that we talk to in the music industry um, we as in me and artists I'm working with when especially when we talk to marketing people that they, they, they start to talk about an artist's story and narrative and I think sometimes it's a bit it's tricky for artists to know what that means and it can mean different things depending on who you're talking to but um, what does it mean to you if you're talking about building an artist's narrative? Um, well, I presume it means the story of of the artist, uh, where they come from, uh, the, their background, uh, and the reasons behind what why a story and what the story of that song, album, is about. Um, for example, when I listen to other artists, um, one of the first things I want to do is read more about them as I'm listening to them. Um, for example, if an artist and an artist should always have their uh, biography on. On Spotify, I was listening to a band called The Murder Capital yesterday, and in the actual narrative of of how they formed and how they became to write this album was actually over a friend what committed suicide. Their friend committed suicide actually created their band, um, and, I've, and I, after reading that, I then bought more into their music and their sound, and really enjoyed the album more and could see why they did that piece of music, and I thought that was incredible. Um, so that story behind the actual piece of music, even though I like listening to it. I bought into it more, so I think it's incredibly important that an artist thinks about that and writes about them in such a way that people can relate to them in a better way, in my opinion. Definitely. So, yeah, so sometimes it's, you know, artists kind of think that they've got to kind of, they've got to create or build a story but actually it's more yeah, it's more about sort of the authentic story around you and if that's interesting in the first place it's going to draw people in i suppose i suppose like there would be a lot of artists who kind of haven't got an interesting story and so you know what is it that they do i i guess like my opinions on that is kind of about it can sometimes be about who's talking about you um yeah. as well as you know as well as who as what you're trying to say and stuff so um interesting for artists to just be aware that there is a narrative and a story going on around them and, and they can you know they've got to sort of be aware of it to control it and, and make it make the story what they want to make it definitely i suppose it's easier for artists it's easier for artists who are kind of much much further down their career because they've the story is whatever's happened whereas when you're a new artist starting out it's kind of more difficult but yeah as you say it's about sort of where you're coming from and um, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. 
the next question is about, um, I, in fact, I have it written down as like, how should an artist develop egoless confidence and self-belief? And what I mean by that is like, it's really easy to kind of put up, put up a front and a bit of bravado and sort of be a bit of a, um, a Gallagher-esque kind of um, f- sort of full of, full of confidence type artist. But actually, um, as I mentioned to you before we started as well, um, Sammy Andrews has pinned tweet about the way to get into the into working in the music music industry being don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, it, that, I suppose that's it. You, you've kind of got to you've got to think about developing confidence and self belief without just it being pretend. So I guess you know, in your opinion, how should an artist kind of develop their confidence? I think they have to do it for uh, various different reasons. To be honest with you, I think they have to do it. They have to take advantage of of the tools that are out there to be able to contact like potential new fans and existing fans and build confidence that way in relationships in terms of using social media. Um, but I agree with what you just said. That I've worked with so many artists in, in such a short space of time where they've actually destroyed their own their own confidence by being too egotistical and, and confrontational when people have, have said something negative towards their music and then therefore has detrimental effects on their um, on their attitude towards their music and their confidence, basically. But they've destroyed that themselves by being uh, rude, arrogant, or obnoxious. So it's, it's a fine line, because sometimes if an, art, an artist is like that, like Liam Gallagher, or um, somebody similar to that, it can actually have a good impact on the artist. Uh, but you've got to be able to back it up. But also, behind the scenes, I think you've got to have respect for the people uh, and not burn any bridges. Um, and that also goes with, 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 with your fan base. You should always... You should always respect them when they try and reach out to you. Um, I mean, one of the bands that I've worked with, um, uh, I don't know if it's right to them, False Heads. I've always admired Luke. Yeah, I've always admired Luke's, um, Luke's the way he deals with with reviews uh, when people want to support him. Whether it's an interview on, say, Radio One with Jack Saunders or a 16 year old, say, boy or girl who started a blog for the first time, he always gives them each the right amount of time equal amount of time and respect and i've always liked that by him uh, and i think every artist should be like that i think that's the reason why they've got such a good reputation within industry um is because he's, he's just for everybody and he's not the people that supported it initially at the beginning he still supports them back now he doesn't he doesn't shrug them off for bigger things he's, he's, he's very professional and i think that's i think that's how it should be Definitely, yeah. That, he sounds like a, he sounds like a decent guy. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the the kind of topic there is about like thinking about when an, for for a musician, an artist, at early stage, you, you kind of you've got to you've got to put your music out there, right? So that's like your first. I remember being at a conference once, and, and uh, I can't remember who said this, but someone described like releasing music as as kind of standing on a street corner, completely naked, shouting "Judge me," and that's <laughs> and that's kind of what you're doing when you put music out. It's like you, if you're sort of putting yourself into it, and, and it's coming from an honest place and it's authentic, then you know you, it is a brave thing to do to release to release music and kind of see. But and in the past, it was about kind of gatekeepers and and people getting to decide who who has this opportunity and that opportunity. And obviously now things are kind of different and the do- yeah. democratization of a lot of, a lot of the way the industry works is great for artists. Um, but yeah, I suppose in terms of kind of validating the quality of your music as well, that's another thing to sort of go, we think this is great. We're in the rehearsal room. We think it's great. 
um, you know, putting it out there is a brave thing to do because then it does. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to like everybody else. And people either resonate with it or they don't. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, that yeah for me that's kind of another way for artists to kind of build build confidence just by doing it, get out there, and get the feedback, and you know, work on the stuff you need to work on or enjoy the successes as they come to you. Yeah, definitely. Moving on then. There's, the next topic, so those two questions are pretty sort of holistic and this being a marketing podcast, we haven't really talked about anything to do with marketing yet, but the next the next three questions are more about that. Um, the first one being about sort of great music marketing strategies in 2020 and if you, yeah, if you think there's any any artists who are doing it right and uh, any sort of really good music marketing strategies that you've seen uh, this year so far, obviously things are a bit different this year than they would normally be uh, with us being in the middle of the coronavirus. But yeah. Um, just, yeah, any sort of great music marketing strategy that you think artists should take heed of and, and use themselves? It's all about uh, basically taking time. I mean, I get so many artists who will, will record a song and then they'll come to me asking for uh, PR or marketing or, or Spotify playlist and the song's out next week. Um, so basically they've recorded it and they want to put it out straight away. They've not thought about um, doing a video, uh, any budget on social media marketing, um, any trailer videos, uh, a live, any live dates, any merchandise, um, any PR support, any radio support. Um, and I, so I, 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 I can't stress enough to artists, they need enough time to build up to that. Um, when you rush it, you're just going to get nothing, and it's going to be such a such a disappointment when um, people won't support it or would have supported it because they haven't got time to write about it, or it's too late for it to get into the system for maybe radio, especially national radio. Um, that's such a shame. So I think timing's really important, but also I think for artists, what's different these days as opposed to ten years ago with with online. A lot of artists can do it themselves now um, if they know the contacts, if they know. Um, how to go about it in the right way uh, there's platforms online where you can get blog support uh, really cheap now uh, you're not going it's not you're not going to get it guaranteed but there's this place out they can get it pretty quick um, and it's same as Spotify if you if you got if you're willing to put the time into it you can you can gather up contacts for that and email or message people through Facebook uh, a lot of things can be done now by the artists rather than paying out a lot of money out but I think really it's about scheduling the release correctly Um and trying to build as much support around. I mean, I know bands can't do live these days, but I really like the way that bands have taken initiative to to play perform more on live on Facebook Live and and what I've been. I think mm-hmm. artists should have been doing that before before this anyway, like like they're doing now. There's no reason why they can't play live every night a week. Uh, they can reach more people online than they could probably do at a gig. They could in the local town. They might play to 10, 10 15 people on a Tuesday night uh, in their local pub or whatever. But online they could meet, they could reach 100, 200 people, not actually leave the living room or the racer room. Um, so I think they should be doing it on. I think they should be using those those tools anyway. Uh, but because there's so much, so much on, you can do online now as an artist that you couldn't do before. Um, it's changed, and I think it's great for artists. Definitely. I mean, yeah, that that hopefully is one one of the things that kind of like you say will sort of be a positive legacy of this time. If if people can kind of get a handle on how to do live streaming and, and make it good and people want to watch it that's that's kind yeah. of yeah it'll be something good that comes out of it so 
Um, moving on then, next question. This is kind of, again, perhaps not quite sort of marketing, 100% marketing related, but obviously the reason that you're trying to do music and, and marketing music is because you want to kind of create a sustainable business out of your music. And so I guess the first question is around like, you you work with lots of artists from as as you mentioned before we started the podcast at various different levels but yeah. do you see from where you're at do you see that there is a, there is, there is opportunity for sustainable independent careers for musicians there is yeah but it takes an awful lot of work for an artist to get there these days i mean a lot a lot of artists and a lot of managers and a, and a few labels i know so solely focus on generating money and i've done this myself with when i first got the label on on making money from from digital distribution and it's not viable at all unless you, 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 you're reaching millions of streams per release. Um, because if you think about paying for a radio plugger, say a, a decent one will cost you at least 500 plus. Um, and then you've got like um, your PR marketing and what have you on top of like, and, and you obviously an artist will pay for the recording and everything else. To solely rely on digital, you, you, you're kidding yourself. Digital, especially Spotify, should be used as a marketing tool and platform, not as a, a uh, your main focus for uh, generating revenue. So I think bands should also should be using online basically to try and drive a live fan base and sell merchandise because um, that's the only way you're really going to recoup and make a sustainable profit. Uh, then also, if you get to a stage where you've got a good online presence and a good live presence, you might get a booking agency. You might start getting paid for live fees and uh, live performances anyway. Uh, and also, you can you might get publishing deals, sync opportunities. Um, but really, a lot of artists these days, these days are solely focused on Spotify and making money out of it. And they talk about the number of streams, and really, they don't look at the number of streams. They want to look at the number of listeners. That's more important. Um, but I, I do know artists what do it full time. Um, and to be fair, the, the artists what do do it full time, or friends of mine, also do a side project where they're in covers bands as well. To sustain that living, um, but they do the music full time. But they don't just focus on the, the independent, uh, their own art. Original stuff. Yeah, they 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 they're, they're, they're performing like restaurants or whatever as a pianist or, uh, or um, yeah. whatever, just to drive drive any money in. But but a lot of artists I know, a lot of artists I've worked with, most of the income that we've generated is through like physical, say vinyl, um, ticket sales, and merchandise. That's that's absolutely been. Crucial for myself when a label alone is to is to sell that rather than rely on digital. I mean, say for example, um, the first quarter when I went a label, the the artist I work with, that release cost the label alone uh, three thousand pound. It generated half a, half a million streams in the first quarter, but that only that only generated one point two thousand return. Uh, so it's mm. a massive loss there on the, on the initial outcome. And obviously, after that release, the, the stream starts to dwindle. Uh, because obviously the artist is moves on to release all the music or whatever, um, but um, we we generated we made more money from that selling the vinyl um, than we did actually through the streaming, which was which was crucial crucial to be fair for the label. So you think the the kind of the difference between a successful um, success, successful kind of artist at that level, sustainable independent careers, and an unsuccessful one is perhaps a fo- like a focus on the wrong things. Definitely, yeah. I mean, a lot of artists, I mean, I'd say 90% of artists I speak to at an unsigned level who are just starting out or trying to break through are absolutely obsessed with, uh, with Spotify being their main revenue source. Uh, in fact, my friend started the record label today and he was talking about Spotify being this and that. And I, and I said, you should be thinking it as a um, as a platform to, to, to get 
basically making you your main source of income. You should be using it as a marketing tool to try and generate a fan base through like you would do social media. Um, yeah. And then what you want to try to be doing, you want to try and build your fan base by using Spotify as well as everything else like YouTube, video, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, you name it, anything like PR, whatever, radio. And then you want to be driving people to live or to your website to buy physical copies or live live tickets for live shows or, or what have you. What about email marketing, like you and your artists? How much how much does that play a part in kind of in the director fan sort of business? Uh, I think I think it does pretty well. I think it depends. It obviously depends on on the level of support you get. Uh, as no offense to say a small blog, you're not going to get, and that sounds ridiculous, much credibility and as much traction through that. They say if you would say someone like uh, NME or Clash Magazine, who have got a massive. Sure fan base whatever but also when you get those sort of names on board back in your music other people take notice of you more uh so pr is massive and so is radio if you get the likes of uh six music steve lamack or john kennedy and you get clash magazine and, and and big name brand supporting you and then you're promoting that on social media to your fan base or people that follow you who aren't necessarily a fan that could convert them because people i know it sounds silly but people and i'm like that um if I see that, see bands are getting that sort of support, it makes you want to go and listen to them much more than say, uh, say if start, I start a blog tomorrow and promote a post. I don't think anyone would be interested in what I've got to say about them. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, but if like John Kenny says they're great, they must be good because they get thousands of submissions a week, uh, if not a day. Yeah, yeah. So if they're breaking through, they, they must be must be worth listening to, sort of thing. And another thing what attracts me to bands is is the amount of followers they've got on social media. Uh, but but also the engagement they've got on social media as well, because um, everybody gets invited to like bands bands page on Facebook. And see if I get two at the same time, and one's got three hundred page likes and one's got three thousand page likes. The first one I go to straight away is one with three thousand, because automatically I assume that they're a better band. Um, not not always the case, but that's just the way things are. Uh, I think people. I'm a music fan, and I can be fickle. And I can pick who I'm going to listen to next based on numbers, support, uh, all those things you get from PR and radio pluggers. Um, so, so if I if I do that, everyone else must be doing that. I can't be the only person what behaves that way to discover new artists. Cool. I mean, that I, I I was talking about email marketing actually there, but I think I probably broke up. And you were talking about PR. What what because when we were talking about kind of sustainable independent careers and artists sort of the ones who kind of think about physical and stuff over Spotify in terms of income streams and stuff. I was kind of, I was interested right, to know you. yeah, about how important email, email lists and email marketing is to the artists you work with. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we still, we still do that. Um, I mean, we've got, we've, we've both with fans of band, fans of bands and the label, we've got quite a good uh, email marketing um, mm-hmm. mailing list to be fair, but he doesn't, he doesn't, I've not found it drives much, much in terms of sales from my side. But when if you get the artists in terms of like say, I'll, I'll pick false heads or say the howlers or built or spent spent quite a bit of time building a mailing list because they're actual direct fans for that particular artist. They get a better response for it, so it's definitely worth yeah, doing it. Yeah. As an artist, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, and and then. Last question, really, is some sort of sort of more uh, more tactical. Uh, I know a lot of artists are kind of always looking for 
um, that this, some the things to do, the tactical things to do that are going to kind of make a difference to the career right now. And so if an artist listening to this was to turn off the podcast now and go away and do one thing, what um, what do you think would be that, what would your advice be on that thing to go and do now that's going to sort of help you out and make a difference to your career? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd be more active on social media in terms of, in terms of basically, I know the coronavirus has, has been quite, quite bad for the live music scene, but it, it's been great to see artists actually use social media more to engage with, with fans, uh, especially with the live streams where they actually respond to comments and engage with people. Uh, I think it'd be massive for, for the artists because it, it makes fans want to be more involved when they feel more a part of something. Um, so I would definitely do that, but I'd also suggest uh, maybe looking three months before release to try and think about doing your own PR, doing your own Spotify playlisting, because uh, it'll save you a lot of money. And if you save money, you've got more chance of doing it full time uh, and not chasing all the grail of getting a record label or or what have you. I think um, basically looking for those, trying to discover them, them tools online, get to know them a bit and do them yourself. Um, mm. Apart from radio plugin. Um, which I, I really do believe you need a really good radio plug or catch you sit down face to face with, say, Steve Lamikes. Uh, but for PR, majority is done over emails or talking on, on social media. There's no reason why a band can't do that themselves. If they just, like, you could go to Unsigned Guide and get 300 blogs off there um, for like £5. And then you also radio contacts. It, it, it'd basically be more self reliable and self sufficient rather than paying money to someone else to do it. And especially if you time your release, like three months ahead of set off today, um, gives you that time to do that. Uh, but I know everyone has full-time jobs, but there's no reason why bands can't do these things on their own now. So that was Rob Hurst from Fans for Bands. If you want to find out more, visit fansforbands.com and check out his label, These Bloody Thieves, at thesebloodythievesrecords.com. You can subscribe to this podcast at indiemusicmarketing.co.uk where you'll also find the show notes for this and all other episodes. We also have a community for independent artists called Amplifier that is free to join and aims to offer a non-judgmental, safe place for artists to ask any questions you might have around music marketing or anything else you might come up against as an independent artist. You can find that at amplifier.co.uk spelt A-M-P-L-I-F-Y-R.co.uk. Please do get in touch if you have any questions, comments, feedback or suggestions you can find me on instagram at indie music marketing or email rich at indie thank you for listening and i'll see you next episode